0: You are Locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, welcome to a Thanksgiving edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. Follow me on Twitter at PatSportsGuy. Follow the show, Locked on Horns on Twitter. We are Locked on Longhorns on Instagram. On this special day, I got Mike Harge, uh, formerly of 1300, the zone in Austin. He's going to join me. We're going to talk about this game coming up on Friday. Uh, and plus, Let am going to get Mike's opinion on the baseball team uh, as they prepare uh, to really make a run at it this year. I wanted to get Mike's opinion on the baseball team and how excited he is about some of the players that are returning and all of that. So without further ado, let's get Mike in here. Uh, So we can talk about this game coming up on Friday, senior day, Sam Ellinger's final home game. Let's see how Mike feels uh, about this game. And, and, you know, maybe we'll get into a little bit about Tom Herman and some of the rumors circulating around him. All right, well, let's get you ready for Iowa State, Texas. I got Mike Hards with me here, uh, formerly of the Zone, 1300. Uh, so let's let's dive right into it right here on the lockdown longhorns podcast uh, huge game uh when, when we talk about this game on friday uh it, it feels like we're back in the same situation we were in 2018 you win this game and you've kind of in the forefront if iowa state wins they are in the big 12 championship if texas wins they're on the verge of eight and two uh, so when you when you look at this game as a whole is it bigger for texas than it is iowa state
1: Uh, As a whole, absolutely. I think this is, well, let me back that up. I mean, what, 1921, I think it was the last time that Iowa State won anything. So this is the verge of them having a chance to play for a Big 12 title. But then you look at what Texas has been through from the very beginning of the season to where they are right now. Um, After those first two conference games, people were done with Texas. I mean, it was it. This is going to be the terrible year. And as the season has gone on, there's now been an opportunity for them to win and win out and people didn't want, didn't think that could happen, but they're right there on the cusp of making something happen. And so to answer your question, I guess the answer would be both can equal the same thing, right? So for Iowa State first time, like I said, 1921 or something like that, where They are trying to get into a championship game. But for Texas, I think because of the adversity in which they have competed against all year and for them to end up in a Big 12 championship game, I think that would be a better accomplishment for me personally.
0: Yeah, I think I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you talk about the adversity. Uh, You talk about you, you barely beat a Texas Tech football team that looks terrible this year. Uh, and, and you needed 15 points in three minutes to finish that game out, even force overtime. Uh, you know, you lose to a TCU football team, which, let's be real honest, they had no business losing that football game.
1: Absolutely not.
0: Um, the Oklahoma game, it's a rivalry game. You could you toss that up. Uh, I think the TCU loss was bigger, obviously, for all intents and purposes. But when we look at what they've done the last three weeks, nobody gave them a chance against Oklahoma State. Nobody gave right. them a chance against West Virginia because of that defense, and you could argue that the reason why that they're at where they're at is nothing to do with what Sam Ellinger is doing; it has everything to do with what Chris Ash's unit is doing. I think this is this is going to be a big test for them because you talk about Brees Hall, a running back who hasn't had less than 130 yards rushing in a Big 12 game this year, or uh, or less than one touchdown, and, and Texas is probably one of the best. I think pro football focus rated them the 16th best against the run in the country. So I think you got, you're going to have strength versus strength, but who do you think wins out?
1: Yeah. And that's, that's a great point. And you, and you sit there and you say that, but you also look at, okay, Chuba Hubbard was the hottest thing since sliced bread. They shut him down. Letty Brown was on this big streak. They shut him down. And now they've had two weeks, although one week was unintentional. Uh, for them to prepare and I know that on Monday Tom Herman said during his press conference we were preparing for Kansas up until Wednesday one o'clock that afternoon and then we continued we changed our focus to getting ready to play against uh, uh, Iowa State so I'm liking what I'm seeing on this Texas defense to your point the offense has kind of struggled for Texas and, and it's not because of Sam that they've been in these games it's because of this defense I love the fact that Chris Ash has has turned this team around defensively but but what I always go back to and. I I wish fans would really understand the importance of this is because they brought in seven new coaches with seven new coaches you bring in seven new personalities during this offseason. now. People are like, well, why did he bring all those coaches in? Everyone was screaming for him to fire Tim Beck. And he kept him one another year. And then he finally gets rid of him. So he brings in Mike Yersich. Everybody's excited for Mike Yersich. Well, during that time, people forget that Sam Ellinger and Tim Beck had a good quarterback, uh, uh quarterbacks coach relationship. People didn't like the way he was calling plays, but we all know in the media and you too know that Tom Herman was the one that was calling those plays. Yep. You knew it when we got to the goal line and goal line right. Sam was going to run the ball to the we're right. Back hour here. Clark, Go Clark, Clark. Back, yeah, because we're going to outnumber them on the way down. So then you get this offseason that was no offseason. The implementation, the timing, everything was wrong. And I use Mike's usage only in the fact of Chris Ash's new defense struggled early because they didn't know who was what. They didn't scheme it during the offseason, where you bring down Demarvion and Overshawn to play the weak side linebacker, and then you have Chris Adamora playing the spur position, two guys that are used to playing free safety. These guys are used to playing free safety, and they had that means they've never had to take on blocks. When you're the free safety, you're just running. Yep. You're strong safety, you're taking on blocks. These guys walked into a position where they were going up against 260, 270 pound guys, and they weren't used to that. So they kind of backed up. So, long story short, to your point, you're right. This defense has turned it up a notch. I'm excited to see what they can do with this powerful, powerful Brees Hall. I mean, this kid is impressive. He's already over 1,000 yards.
0: Yeah, yeah, he absolutely is. And, you know, it's not a knock on on Sam Ellinger at all because, obviously, this offense has struggled. Uh, The two things that you know about a Tom Herman offense is is Sam Ellinger is going to run the football, but they also want to run the football. And it hasn't been until B. John Robinson uh, played against West Virginia that they look like they even had a running game. Right. Um. You know, and, and is that any fault of Herman? Well, you know, you had the injury issue with Bijan. Uh, obviously, Keontae Ingram. You had Roshan Johnson. You finally get a healthy back. Um, uh, right. And they finally feed him, and they and they look good. So, um, you know, that's going to be a big aspect, do they run the football? But the thing I want to circle back to Sam is we're going to talk a little bit about him going into his final home game or what we think is his final home game. There's going to be a lot of motions on the line, but when it comes to number 11, The way I look at it, it don't matter what happened in quarters one through three, you know, in the fourth quarter, the game's on the line. Number 11 is going to get you there one way or another. Uh, So I think that's going to be a big thing come Friday. Uh, We know that this Iowa State defense is good at all levels, at all three levels. But can Sam Ellinger make enough plays to win this football game? That's going to be the big key. Can he make it up? Because you know the defense is going to put them in position. They're mm-hmm. probably going to make some plays. Uh Joseph Asai is gonna, he's gonna wreak havoc at some point in that game. Maybe they create some turnovers. Do you think that it's gonna come down to Sam Ellinger winning this football game in the fourth quarter? All right, as I get into some more of my conversation with Mike Harge, I wanted to remind you that this Friday, when you're watching the Texas Longhorns, when you're watching Sam Ellinger. In his final home game, make sure that you're fueled up with the beer that's made to chill. I'm talking Coors Light, cold lager, cold filters made from that water in the, in the Rockies, in Golden, Colorado, with the Coors Light brew, or the Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. Got to make sure you have that. It's made to chill. Whether you're watching the Longhorns, whether you, you're watching football on Thanksgiving, if, if you're listening to this on Thursday, or you listen to this for the game, make sure you reach for that beer that's made to chill. I'm talking about the Coors Light. I mean, it's a great beer. It's the only beer that's made to chill. So make sure you reach into your fridge and get that Coors Light. And the great thing is that you don't even have to leave your house, right? You, if you want your beer, you want it brought to you, you don't have to leave and go get more and refill. You can go to Coors Light. Go get.coorslight.com. You can find out what locations are delivering that Coors Light, and you can get that beer that's made to chill brought to you so you can enjoy that as you watch the Texas Longhorns attempt to get back into the Big 12 championship game.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because when you sit and you look at this team and the career of Sam Ellinger, the ups and the downs, the ups early, coming in as a true freshman and bringing uh, Texas back against USC. And he mentioned it the other day, but then you also look at the downs when he got turned over the ball against Oklahoma state in the end zone. And then fast forward to this senior year and to where he's played. He he hadn't played the best Sam. Mm. I would say, you know, he's missed a bunch of throws. He's, He's looked confused, which you're not expecting to see from a uh, four-year starter. But it goes back to what I was saying about spending that time with yourage That that H position on on the wide receiver side, it was very inconsistent for him. Uh, two years ago, he had little Jordan Humphrey. Last year, he had Devin DuVernay. So he had his safety blanket. This year, he doesn't have a safety blanket. So he didn't have his dump down. And one of the things that um, I always talk about when it comes to Sam Ellinger, and then I'll get to your point about closing out games, is Sam Ellinger, as a quarterback, love him or hate him, the only thing that I've always questioned was, number one, the, the deep ball. He was very inconsistent with the deep ball. And for someone to be inconsistent with the deep ball, he never took the check down enough for me as a quarterback, because he would look for the big play, look for the big play. Hence the reason why he would get sacked sometimes his progressions were never the shorter to longer ones. They were always the longer to shorter ones. And he would always miss that open guy early. So that was the one thing about it. But to your point, you get into that fourth quarter and that crunch time. I mean, you saw it against tech. You saw it against Oklahoma. Um, I still think they should have went for two against Oklahoma when they had them on the ropes. And yep. then we're having a wholly totally different conversation uh, about this season, but he, he did it against Texas tech. He brought him back against Oklahoma and then he played his tail off against TCU and then came up short again. I mean, he has those numbers, nine of 10, 10 of 11 on the final drives or heading into the fourth quarter and overtime. You're right. He will show up. But I wonder if he plays that game tomorrow or Friday where Sam Ellinger knows this is a big game. And you brought it up about the emotion when 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 he has that on the line. I want him to come out and start fast and show that today is my day, my feel, my last home game. And nobody's going to deny me.
0: Yeah, I mean. And, and that's a, a big thing. Right. I mean, and as a, a former athlete, the emotional aspect is such a it's a thing you can't quantify. Right.
1: Right. The, right. the,
0: the emotions, the adrenaline. Uh, maybe you have a game where you played better than you ever have. You know, maybe that's the type of situation that we get. I mean, I know a lot of people don't like to bring the emotional aspect in, mostly because you can't measure it in any way. Right. Uh, but I think that's going to be a huge aspect in this game. Uh, you know, is Joshua Moore healthy? You know, is, is his shoulder good? Because whether you want to talk about Brennan Eagles, Tariq Black, Jordan Whittington, Jake Smith, the guy that's been the big play guy for them this year has been Joshua Moore. Yeah. Uh, whether yep. whether you've gone downfield, whether he's made a guy miss and, and runs it, you know, 40, 50 yards down the field, he's been the guy. So if he's healthy, I think that helps out a ton. Uh, I think the opponents, and and mostly looking at Mike Ersch, Tom Herman, I need y'all to to quit being stubborn and play B. John Robinson because he's been <laughs> your best running back. Uh, right. I think he, I right. think he's averaging four yards per carry after contact. This yeah. guy looks for contact,
1: right? Uh, and, right.
0: And, and you know, uh, you've been around and like a five
1: point six. I'm five point six. Period. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm I think with he's,
0: I think he's almost seven yards a touch. Yeah. Receiving. Uh, he leads the team in yards from scrimmage. Uh, you know, so, and, and that, that, that speaks to some of the, my frustration levels because I'm sitting there going a guy you haven't played this year and he's leading your team in yards from scrimmage. I think you need to get him the ball more. Stop, stop being stubborn and loyal to some of these players uh, and put the best players around Sam. Cause that's only going to enhance his offense. Um, but I want to go back to a point I asked you earlier. I said, is this more important for Texas or Iowa State? But here's the big question. Is this more important for Matt Campbell or Tom Herman? Because we've all heard the whispers. I mean, you've heard him. I mean, he he's had to address it. Urban yep. Meyer. You know, we we've, we've heard that. So my question is, is this game bigger for Tom Herman? Because I think without a Big 12 championship run here, Uh, just to get into the game I don't I don't know that Tom Herman returns next season despite the fact that he hasn't had a losing season at the University of Texas since he arrived in 2017
1: right I'm with you on that I think to your point this is a bigger game for for Tom Herman than it is for Matt Campbell for all the reasons that you just mentioned and even more so because you know I sit here and I've been documented about it I wasn't a big Tom Herman fan in the very beginning. I thought he was smug. I thought he was arrogant. I thought the way that he talked to people directly made, made, he wanted you to feel small. That's what I felt. But over time and watch the way that these kids fight for him Mm -hmm. and play hard for him has softened me a little bit when it comes to that. And I'm also a big believer in, mean I think you will remember this from when Mac got the job, he was talking about putting the BBs in the box because there was so much going on outside of the football field that Mac needed to come in and do that. Uh, Charlie had a bad, bad, bad rap when he was here because he didn't even have support of the athletic department. I mean, what coach what coach can survive, regardless who you are, that is not there to support you taking stuff away from you, not letting you fly your flying coach instead of private. I mean, those those are first world problems. But as a college football coach at a major university like this, you should have those perks. That's that's what you worked your butt off for. And then for Herman to come in and, and say that this this culture was kind of different. I disagreed with that. But you look at the way Charlie's when the kids were playing for Charlie, you, you knew when a blowout was coming. When they play for Herman, there's no blowouts. There's no, they just get their head kicked in by a team and you can't, you're just like, Oh my god, what kind of team is this? Tom Herman, I want him to win out because of the whispers, the urban Meyer. And I want to make it very uncomfortable for people to walk in there and say we just fired a coach that won. Let's just say they don't win eight; they go seven and three, or or they do go eight and two. What what, what, you going to run that out of here in a pandemic year?
0: That's it, and and the fact that he's got a fifteen million dollar buyout that would be due at the end of the year. Right. and But as you know at Texas, money's not a problem.
1: They print money. They try to – well, it is until you, you realize that that check is big and then the next one that you're write to, about to write is even bigger. Well, yeah, because that's what it's going to take. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's going to take probably $10 million a year. Uh, yeah. Getting that coach um, that All we're right. talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, I think – it's a difficult situation. And obviously the, the recruiting aspect, um, there's been a mass exodus this year um, mm-hmm, as far mm-hmm. as the 2021 class is concerned, the 2022 class. But uh, I think you will agree that winning
1: cures all. Uh, 100%. 100%. And,
0: and I think that not only does Tom Herman need to win the big 12, but I think he needs it to be against Oklahoma. Um, and, and the reason I say that is, right now, despite the fact that Iowa State has the best record in the Big 12, nobody wants to play Oklahoma. Nobody 100. wants to play the, the way that they're playing right now. But I think Tom Herman needs that. I think Tom Herman needs to, to go into a game against Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. We saw it against Utah. We saw it against Georgia. Nobody gave Texas a shot in those games. Mm-hmm. And they went in against the more powerful opponents, or at least we thought and he punched them in the mouth. I think it's what he needs to do to Oklahoma. He needs to go into a big 12 championship game and punch Lincoln Riley in the mouth square, right in the mouth. And maybe then he'll start getting some of those guys back because despite the fact that Ohio state is coming into Texas and taking the premier talent and it's happening a lot more rapid than it used to uh, Oklahoma is still their biggest opponent on the recruiting trail. Uh, You know, because they're coming into Texas and taking their best talent and then beating them with them.
1: Uh, So I I, I think that's important,
0: but I wanted to talk a little bit. I know it's a little early. uh, I want to talk a little bit about baseball, Texas baseball last year. Uh, They were looking really good last year and then the Mm -hmm. season ended so abruptly uh obviously we lost our best pitcher and Bryce Elder. Uh how, how you know I think you would know better than anybody how, how does this baseball team look this year? I know last year they had the number one recruiting class according to Baseball America. Uh how how is this team going to look this season?
1: I I think this might be his best team since he's been here and that's including the team that went to the College World Series. Um that year he had uh, Cody Clements. I mean, or was it? Yeah, Cody. Cody, was it Cody or Casey? One I'm of the Clements, was... well, the second one. I think nation. I want to say it was Cody. Yeah, Cody was outstanding. He was what one... he had one of the best seasons that you could ever have in baseball. And he did it on the grandest stage and and put teams on him, put the team on his back and took them to the College World Series. With that being said, this team this year with the New rule that was in place after last season where the team, the players could come back. You were just talking about Sam and and him possibly coming back. When you look at this baseball team and they got guys in key positions that are so important that this is going to be a dangerous team. The emergence of Pete Hanson last year on the mound. uh, No one expected that. No one, he just came out from a video that he sent to, Carly Todd, the player development, and she got it. And they were like, okay, I'll go check this kid out. And now he comes in and becomes one of the best pitchers. Mm -hmm. And in the recruiting class that you were talking about, they got some great players in that. They've got some guys returning. They finally have a shortstop that can replace David Hamilton. The year before and a couple of years before that, Hamilton was hurt and you just had shortstop by committee. Now you got a guy named Trey Faltini that can play. And then you bring back Austin Todd, and then you get the kid from St. John's, who who just transferred in, who's a 332 career lifetime hitter in, in college Division One. I. I mean, this is this is has the makings of being one of his best teams since he got here, and I I'm I'm really excited to see how the some of those uh, young pitchers that he had on staff last year, how they develop. I think the closer on the team should be Andre Duplantier. I think he should be the, I the closer. I
0: love him. <laughs>
1: right. And Cam Williams stepped up and played some good third base. I mean, they've got a lot of talent on that team. And it's just a matter of, and you know this by, by being around the game and playing it, you sit there and you go, man, you put a, you put you hit the right buttons on these players. It could be a very, very special year.
0: Yeah, and you didn't even bring up the the big cat at first base. Oh, the big donkey? I mean, he's back this year, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Zubia. Zubia, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, he's their power bat there right in the middle of the lineup. So, you get those guys, especially the transfer from St. John's batting 332. Yeah. You get on base, okay? now now we're starting to talk uh about what Texas baseball and returning to what they used to be. Um yep. right? That's that's what the goal is. Right. And and so I think there's a lot of excitement, and you know, obviously, I know you're a big baseball guy, so I wanted your opinion on on how it looks. And, and uh, so, you, do you think Omaha is in the cards this year?
1: Oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. I think they have what it takes. And you said I didn't bring up Zach Zubia. I didn't even bring up Eric Kennedy either in left field. I mean, this yeah, guy's a true. pro prospect. I mean, they, things are. That's why I say this team has so much to give that is pushing the right buttons, putting the guys in that are hot and rolling with them. And then I'm excited. I can't wait for baseball season to be quite honest with you.
0: And and it's funny when you brought up Todd, Austin Todd, you know, it was, and this is why I got excited about baseball when I first started thinking about it, because he made a comment about how heated he was that they took the season from them. I was like, that's a guy who's coming out to prove a point when this season rolls around and, and you know, when it comes to that, when people think that something's been taken from them, I mean, that fight's oh, yeah. about to come out. Right. right and I, and right. I think that he's going to be one of the guys and he sets the tone. I mean, he's the leadoff guy. Yep. Uh, so he's going to set the tone for this team and, and you have a guy that that's doing that. And then, especially when you see the younger guys around him, um, you know, the recruiting class and the younger yep. underclassmen, when they see him go out, set the table, right. You know, I think that just, that breeds into everybody. And that, that's yep. why I'm so excited to see what this crew has this year. But uh, Mike, I appreciate you hopping on. I do appreciate it. I know you, you got some things in the work and hopefully we'll be able to announce those soon. Uh, I look forward to, to watching you work and, and thanks for hopping on the show.
1: Hey, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. And anytime you need me, I'm here for you. Cause uh, anytime we could talk Longhorn sports, I'm all about it. And, you know, let's not forget go Cowboys.
0: That's right. Go Cowboys. (laughs)